Welcome to episode 19 of the Nostalgia Ultras podcast. I'm your host, Steve McGovern, and I'm bringing a special edition of the show to you today. I'm here in the um, quote-unquote studio by myself, but Colin Buhig went and he sorted out a really delightful interview with Daniel Storey, who some of you may recognise from his work at Football 365, the Irish Examiner, the Eye newspaper, and other outlets. Anyway, Daniel has written a book called Gaza in Italy. You may be able to uh, work out that that is about Paul Gascoigne's time at Lazio, a brief but very interesting time of a footballer, a really brilliant footballer, really complex character who has so many layers to him but Daniel has written a kind of a short book that gives a snapchat snapchat a snapshot into a really interesting time in Italian football and basically Gaza was at the center of this kind of British love affair with Syria ah, for a brief you know, time in the 90s and I think it's a very very interesting kind of topic that uh Column and Daniel really get into. Before we get to the interview though, I'd like to say thank you to Con Artists. They supplied us with two tickets to give away to their show. It's actually taking place right now. It's an event with David Con of The Guardian, M Malone of The Irish Times talking with finance and football, FIFA, all those kind of related topics at the back page in Dublin. The winner of that competition was John Callahan. so I hope you enjoyed the night. Uh, John, Column is there himself, I'm sure. He's uh, supping on a pint of Guinness as I speak. But a uh, huge thanks to, to Con Artist. The usual kind of bits and bobs. Rate and review us on iTunes, if you would. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. The Shaker Him provided the intro team for us, uh, as they always do. And yeah, let's get straight into this interview then. This is Colin Buhig speaking with Daniel Story about his book, Gaza in Italy. Daniel, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Paul Gascoigne's life is so well documented, both on and off the pitch, probably excessively so. But yet his three years in Italy playing with Lazio is kind of almost there's a mysterious element to it. What made you want to write this book? It was kind of a joint decision with the publishers, really. They had HarperCollins had this idea to do uh, these 30,000 word books that would be released as audio books as well. And the idea was to kind of create snapshots in time of uh, cult moments or cult players. And I think, as you say, because, you know, there wasn't the kind of blanket coverage of sport and football and 24 hour coverage as there is now, that three years at for Paul at Lazio, although the games, many of the games were televised, I don't think in this country we do know a huge amount about it. Um, and obviously he's a massive cult figure. So I think it just fit their brief perfectly. Yeah. And of course, he uh, really helps bring it to attention to this side of the world, to Britain and the U- and Ireland, I should say, with uh, Gazetta Italia alongside James Richardson. Uh, I know he was supposed to initially present that, but you mentioned in the book, it's really fascinating about it, that in the first Premier League season, 1992-93, which coincided with Gascoigne's first season at Lazio, uh, that football programme on Channel 4, Football Italia, was getting four times the amount of viewers mm. than Skyware for the Premier League. I mean, just how big of an impact was was Gascoigne in Italy on British and Irish audiences? I think it was huge. I mean, I don't think we can overlook 
go right back to Italia 90 and the impact of Italia 90, both um, both England seeing the world. You know, English teams were banned from European football in the 80s because of the high school disaster. Um, so we hadn't really seen other football for a few years. Um, and other football hadn't seen English football for a few years. We were in the dark still, you know, we were going into this Premier League era, but we were very much still first division in terms of in terms of the football and the style. And and I don't think the rest of the world realised that England could produce players of the likes of, of Gascoigne. Um so when when Syria and when Lazio had this idea to 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 recruit a big name to try and take the club forward, Gascoigne was on, you know, he was top of their list and he was the one they wanted and and he kind of he, he fit that profile because he was big news as well as being an incredibly talented footballer. Yeah. Did you ever actually want to get uh, Paul himself involved in this book? Would that ever cross your mind? The, the, publishers, the publishers felt that um, there are already two autobiographies by Paul and yeah. countless books written. There was also a book written during his time in Italy by his, his then PA, which... Paul didn't agree with when it came out and he actually, you know, he, he, he contacted his solicitors about the book. Um, we sent a copy to, to his people for him to have a look at, but we didn't, we wanted it to be a kind of snapshot in time, as I say, a profile. I think Paul um, has said a huge amount already about those times, but to me, they kind of slip into, you know, funny anecdotes and stories about his time there rather than kind of taking the step back and looking at it in a sort of bigger picture view, which, certainly what I wanted to do yeah that book you mentioned was by was a Jane Nottage her yeah yeah um, and there the, there's a YouTube or a documentary on YouTube called Gaz's Italian Diaries which goes really well with the book actually mm. I watched alongside and I don't know about you but I got the vibe and it's about three quarters of an hour long with James Richardson who wrote the forward to your book um that he there's almost like a bitterness to him because he feels like he's been crossed so often and there's a lack of trust it doesn't go with the kind of uh, perception that we have of him as this fun-loving, crazy guy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the one thing that brought down Paul while he was out in in Italy was his lack of support network. Uh, his, he was teammates with Glenn Roder at Newcastle, yeah. who who was supposed to go out with him. And uh, but when the move was delayed with his various injuries, Glenn just made the decision not to go out there, and, and effectively that left Paul without a support network. And and the problem is with Paul is that he's so incredibly well-natured and kind and generous that he is he, he became too trusting um I suspect well in fact I know that he would consider Jane Nottage as as one person who he trusted too much and felt yeah. that that trust was 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 betrayed um but there's a series of, of occasions in Gascoigne's life where he has trusted people who he feels has, has betrayed that trust so I suppose several times bitter many more shy really yeah um I, I really don't want to give too much away about the book because I really want people to read it because it's excellent. But there was one, uh, the way you summed it up at the end was really interesting to me in that the perception about Gascoigne's time in Italy by journalists would be that it wasn't successful, Italian journalists, and that it was he was basically waste of money. But you note in, in Gascoigne's first season, 92-93, that was Lazio's best finish since the mid-1970s. Mm. And it was all, it coincided with his best season at the club. So this is a guy who came in with a massive injury from that famous cup final in 91 with Spurs. He was supposed to go to Lazio a year earlier. So he was never really playing with full fitness, but he also, like, he had these moments. And you mentioned that he was a moments player a lot. Mm. I mean, did Italy see 
anywhere near the best of them. Certainly not on a consistent basis. It, it's all flashes of his best in the moments, which is, you know, to my mind, post that 1991 injury and, and the subsequent injuries that followed that, that was all anyone was ever really going to get was was Gascoigne as a moments player. Um, you know, the the goal against Pescara, the equaliser against Roma, you know, right through to, to Euro 96 and his goal against Scotland what we saw was as I say a moments player and and Serie A did see that but um, Serie A and Italian football is not used to moments players it, it judges its you know very often and usually Serie A judges its greats according to consistency um, you know you look at Franco Baresi and Paolo Maldini and Francesco Totti they they are players with a huge amount of longevity and consistency over a long period of time and I think Gascon is kind of the antidote to that and that didn't sit particularly naturally well with with the Italian media. Um, obviously, his you know his his misbehaviour and his his disciplinary issues um, kind of fit the narrative that that the Italian media believed they were going to get. You know, they sold it initially as we're getting a hooligan, an English hooligan, and and sadly, elements of Gascoigne's behaviour did fit that narrative. Um, and I think they were probably intent on overlooking the the good side in favour of the. You know the the misdemeanors because, quite frankly, that those misdemeanors are what sold newspapers and what sold copy. Yeah, he um, like looking at his at that time those three years between ninety two and ninety five when he was out there. It's like watching a movie almost. In like it's a, not your typical football career, but the the two best or the best moments of his of his time on the pitch Lazio seem to be in an eight day period. Uh, mm-hmm. The famous equaliser against Roma. Which I think he was he in tears walking back to the half. Yeah, and then the individual goal against Pescara, which you I think you spent about two pages describing just what he did. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's exactly what we're saying about about Gascoigne's consistency in that he was a you know, he was a player and a person who lives and lived on on instinct. So when he was in a good, when everything was going well and everything was well off the pitch and he was in the right frame of mind, suddenly he got these bursts of brilliance. And and yeah, they might last two, three weeks, not just two, three minutes. Um, but then inevitably the kind of, you know, life caught up with him, quite frankly, and and the injury problems caught up with him and the fitness issues caught up with him. So it, it could never last. But it's brilliant that, that Italian football did still get to see those, you know, those moments of Gascoigne. I wish he'd have not suffered the injury in 1991. I wish he'd have gone yeah. over even earlier because I think he would have had a more enjoyable time. But I'm glad they still got to see those moments. Like his first day training with the club uh, and his first match with the club sums it all up for me. The first day training, uh, he brought in a, a book for everyone in the squad to learn English. Was it learning learning how to speak English yeah. Italian players? And he forgot his boots on his first day. Yeah. Yeah, he's it is it is funny because but it, as ever with Gascoigne, like all you ever and all the players and the manager ever wanted to do was just kind of, you know, tut and roll their eyes and, you know, uh tousle his hair and say, Oh, that's just Paul, because that's the kind of person he was, you know. None of this none of the off field problems he had were ever you know were ever deliberate none of the disciplinary issues were ever deliberate they were just a man kind of as I say working on instinct and doing everything that, that came naturally to him there was no filter between uh Paul's brain and his actions and his words he just kind of did what came naturally and, and 
and that's also what made him a brilliant footballer in that he didn't have to think about the brilliant things he was doing. They were just, you know, that was pure natural talent. Um, you know, we, we, you know, I was at Wembley to see Tottenham against Barcelona and there are elements of Gascoigne in Messi and that you feel that things happen and you can't even, by the time you've worked out what, what he's thinking, the action's already been done. So this is so innate, natural talent. Um, it is a crying shame we didn't see more of it, but that's, yeah, that's the kind of legend of Gascoigne. Yeah, like I was thinking that watching Messi at Wembley too. I mean, obviously there are different levels, but when you read the book back, when you read the, this book here, you get that sense of it too. And on his debut was against Genoa, was it? Um, and he uh, he showed glimpses of his magic, of his touch, and then he got a really bad tackle. And he was afraid because of his knee. I mean, he spent a year trying to recover from this cup final injury that he thought he'd done it all over again. But it turns out it was yeah. basically a dead leg and he was substituted by his manager, Zaf, Adino Zaf. But he was constantly living in fear all the time and seemingly on and off the pitch because of the paparazzi intrusion. Yeah. But he was just basically anxious for three years straight. Yeah, and he's a man, he's a man who is incredibly anxious anyway. You know, in, yeah. in, in his autobiography, he, you know, incredibly tragically, he talks about, you know, having depressive and suicidal thoughts from the age of nine onwards yeah. basically so this is a man who is not um who is not well mentally and and, and never has been um so you know I, I, in the book i try and pose both sides of the argument most people say isn't it a crying shame yes it is but also when you consider what paul went through personally it's a you know in some ways it's a miracle we ever got to see these glimpses at all because there's an incredibly lot you know, there's an incredible amount going on inside that head. Um, if he hadn't have been as naturally talented as he as he was, we wouldn't have seen any of Gascoigne because I think he would have just been too tumultuous mentally to to perform. Um, that when everything was well off the pitch, that's when he could you know, that's when he could perform well because instinct was allowed to take over. Nothing, there were no breaks upon him. Um, but too often, too often, as I say, life took over. Like I get the vibe, I always did, but this emphasizes it with the book, is that his only release really was on the pitch. Mm. And there's a quote that strikes me from the book, which uh, he said to Dino Zaff, and I think you mentioned it twice in two separate chapters, which he pleads with Zaff not to let him go on holiday, not to send him off on holiday. Mm. Please don't send me on holiday, Senior Zaff. And he comes back and he's out of shape and overweight, which seems to be another big part of his time at Lazio. Where are they right, in your opinion, both Lazio themselves and journalists out there, to say that his time wasn't a success? And do you think he was right to go there in the first place? Uh, I think it was kind of, as soon as the move was mooted, I think it was inevitable that he would end up there. His exit from, you know, his very personal exit from Italia 90, which effectively came as soon as he received that yellow card, that meant he would have missed the final anyway. Those three, four weeks in Italy were the greatest moments and the greatest weeks of Gascoigne's career. There's no doubt about that. He he certainly the time when he enjoyed his football most. Uh, so moving to Italy was a was a way of trying to recapture that dream. So I think as soon as Lazio showed interest and other clubs did too, I think he was always going to move there. Personally, uh, and it, you know, it's easy to always with Paul to talk about what ifs, what ifs, and 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 they don't really mean anything. But personally, as soon as he he suffered that long term injury, I think the move was 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 the wrong move. And as soon as he lost that support network of Glen Roder, I think it was taking a huge chance him going out there. 
then again, he he will say that he had a brilliant time out there and in the, that he, he loved Italy, that he loved meeting new people, that he loved in his own very inimitable way experiencing different cultures. And who's to say that if he hadn't stayed in this country, you know, the problems would, I don't think the problems would have gone away. I don't think there was any escaping those those mental health issues. So I think wherever he, he laid his hat was going to be a difficult place to make a home. But, but as I say, it's constant what ifs with Paul and, and, and most of them are unanswerable, really. Yeah, I mean, and he's still had good times out there. You get a standing ovation against Parma in the first season. They won 5-2 and I think Parma finished third that season. And he was uh, praised by Fabio Capello, who was the AC mm-hmm. manager at the time, but his good performances. And you mentioned in the book uh, the comparison of the players playing in Serie A at the time to the Premier League, which just started. And you have players like Baggio and Mancini and uh, Jean-Pierre Papin. Uh, and in comparison, they had, these are the top scorers in Serie A in comparison and the Premier League. You'd have Mickey Quinn and David White and Brian Dean. So this mm-hmm. is a bit of unfit Gascoigne still making an impact out there. And you think... Yeah you're kind of just yearning for him first of all for it to work out for him but secondly just would he ever get fit and just have a consistent run of games which he never really seemed to get yeah and the, the really interesting thing actually is that there are all these incredible players out there but Gascoigne was completely different to any of them because yeah. you know, the usual or the archetypal Italian football or Serie A footballer was incredibly professional you know even at the start of the 90s you know we credit Arsene Wenger with kind of changing the nutrition and stuff around football in this country but um that was already happening in Syria. Italian football that was natural to them. To, you know, strict diets, nutrition, incredibly professional training, warm downs, things that just weren't happening in England. So Gascon was almost this control experiment. He went out there on natural ability alone. So Italian football found him fascinating because he was so different. You know, they had all these superstar players, and yet Gascon was still able to stand out because his, you know, his personality and his ethos were so completely different. He he seemed to do okay under Dino Zaff as manager for the first two seasons. And then as Zeman came in the third season and was his switch to a 4-3-3 formation didn't really suit uh, Gascoigne so well. And that was kind of the beginning of the end, really, was the tackle on a very young Alessandro Nesta in training. Mm. And he basically just set out the last year of it. Like, you know, you're looking at this and thinking these are just the smallest things. I mean, I think that five-a-side game in training against Nesta, he wasn't even supposed to be training that day. He was called in. You know, it's all these, it's like fate. He was supposed to get sent off in the 91 Cup final before. Yeah. The, you know, it's all these little things. And yet Gaza went back to uh, the Stadio Olimpico in 2012 when Lazio played Spurs in the Europa League. And he got a hero's welcome uh, 20 years on. So obviously the fans still love him. Yeah, they do. They love him because they felt he bought into the culture of the club. And as I say, in Italian football, their, their heroes are generally ultimate professionals. Um, yeah. And that can... You know that that has positives and negatives. The the positive is that they generally stay around a long time. The negative is that sometimes I think the the, the ultras supporters feel that there's a lack of connection between those heroes and themselves. They don't they don't they don't see themselves in those players. Whereas they saw themselves in Gascoigne. You know this was a player who would perform his you know would try his heart on on a Saturday afternoon and then would be partying with them and drinking with them in the evening, which they'd never seen before and they loved it and you can kind of see why even 20 years on you can see why so yes when he went back in 2012 there were banners of you know the welcome home Gascoigne and that sort of thing and that's for Paul that's incredibly touching because all he's ever wanted to do and all he will ever want to do is please people and then and that that has got him into into trouble because when that's all you ever want to do and yet you haven't really got a second gear and you're incredibly naive you you can end up being taken advantage of so it was brilliant for him to go out there and receive that welcome because for him that will make 
all of it feel justified. There was a line which I, I highlighted in the book that you said towards the end, which was uh, captivation is sexier than consistency. Mm. And that's, I suppose, completely sums up the three years for me uh, reading it and it presumably for everyone looking at it too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you speak to, uh, you know, any football fan that supported a club for 20 years, what they remember is moments. They don't remember whole seasons, you know, even whole seasons where you won something at the end, you probably remember a goal or a trophy lift or something. So, so yeah, you do remember the moments because you have to, you, you, you know, scientifically your brain can't hold all of the information that happens. So you inevitably pick out those key moments and, and Gascoigne's style of play is such that he was generally involved in some of those iconic moments. You speak to an England supporter for their best moment of the last 30 years, and it might well be his goal against Scotland because that was him, just one moment on instinct doing things. And and Lazio is exactly the same. So, yeah, he is a memorable player in every way. Well, Dan, thank you so much for talking to me today about it. This is the book, again, it's Gaza in Italy. Uh, you can buy it online, that's where I got it. Uh, you'll fly through it. It's probably the only criticism I have of it's it's too short. Yeah, I, I I don't well, I'm careful what I say. I don't disagree with you. But yeah, the publishers obviously they they they're doing this series basically yeah. of short books because they work well on audio, but I would love to write three times as much about Gascoigne. I'd love to read that version of it. <laughs> Thanks so much again, Daniel. Cheers, thank you very much.